Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. Talking the team hailing from the mighty Waikato, it's Chiefs Mana with Ian Jones and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. No far better looking than Ricardo Ball. Mark Watson sitting in for Ricardo just before we go to Kama. Updating tonight's Super Rugby game, it is the Hurricanes leading Moana Pacifica. Eight points to five, conversion to come and it's... Missed. He missed it. So 8-5 that score. Hurricanes leading Moana Pacifica. 23 minutes gone in the first half. A man who played 79 tests for the All Blacks, Ian Jones, joins me in studio. Carmo, welcome. Yeah, evening, Warren. Nice to have you in the chair. Evening, uh, listeners and uh, Chiefs fans. Let's try and dissect the weekend and look ahead to the positives. OK, I'm going to ask you this. So the scoreline read, Blues 25, Chiefs nil. Did that scoreline reflect the performance of the Chiefs? Yeah, as much as it pains me, Warren, to say 25 zip of the donut. It did reflect uh, the scoreboard at the end of the day, the, the nature of the game, because there was opportunities given, gifted uh, to the Chiefs. They were, were, were kind of men up at some stage, and and they didn't take those opportunities. And when you don't take those opportunities that are presented to you, then the scoreboard is a true reflection of the game. I mean, before we get too much into the Chiefs, what do we need to congratulate to the Blues? That was a wonderful performance in their speed, their physicality, the breakdown. They didn't allow the Chiefs to settle at any moment during the course of the 80 minutes. Worked hard off the ball. So, you know, we're beaten on Saturday night by by far the better side. Uh, are you, is there a lack of leadership within this Chiefs team? I mean, wh- whose job is it to set the tone, to lead by example? Well, that's set on the Tuesday-Wednesday training sessions, right? So that is absolutely, without question, set by the coaching staff. And there's no question about the, lead, uh, the leadership of the coaching staff and the experience of the coaching staff. And then when the, the, the game gets underway, of course, it's your skippers, it's your it's your, your senior players out there. But what I sometimes in, in game situations, it doesn't just have to be rugby, but netball, football, any game situation, when you're suddenly under the pump, and whilst you're slightly expecting what the opposition is going to bring at you, they maybe bring different elements. It is very hard during the course of a game to actually to settle things down, take stock and regroup. Always, of course, half-time you have that opportunity. But I just think on, on that particular night, the Blues just kept coming at them, coming at them, throwing huge numbers at the breakdown, which the Chiefs didn't adapt to. Uh, so we are getting caught out, people on the ground, you know, not enough numbers at the breakdown. And they could, didn't have the ability during the course of that 80 minutes to regroup, refocus, slow things down, take some timeouts, and then and then just adapt to the game. They will learn from it, though. So absolutely all is not lost. How big a loss, Anton Lennart-Brown? Uh, well, of course it's a, a big loss because he's a star-quality player. But I'm never stressed about players if they're there or aren't there because I mean, that's the depth of the squad. Look, they've got Nankerville playing 
outstanding footballer. Got Quintu Pai can and run straight. He's an absolute threat at 12. When they had Joshuani at 10, they're a double threat because you have to throw some mm. numbers on on the 12. Quintu Pai, and that means Joshuani has that kind of ability to ghost and push through. Also about Bryn Gatlin, he did stand deep. But the, the reason why he, I didn't think, dominated into the game or could get into the game because we could never, ever get momentum, never get front foot ball, never get ball going forward. So no matter who you are, Dan Carter, Johnny Wilkinson, the best 10s in the world, very hard when the forwards aren't dominating, forwards aren't giving you quick access ball up front to actually be an influence. So I think that's when they look at it and the numbers, once more, we get back to the breakdown. The numbers we were throwing in compared to the numbers the Blues we're throwing and the players we were losing our feet compared to the Blues standing on the feet I think was the difference Has that been the pattern of the Chiefs? Is that the way they're playing the game? Not committing numbers? Yeah absolutely speed of ball speed so, of ball is what so, they want. So they're so offloading they, games they don't want to sort of make contact too much so offloading and tackle clearly great strategy if you can get away with it boy but the the numbers and the speed uh, that the Blues were suffocating them they absolutely couldn't get anywhere going. Peter Gus Suakala, of course, a man who has given them so much momentum in the first opening rounds, was double teamed on every occasion, uh, bar one, when he made a good break from um, a midfield scrum. And therefore, things that the Chiefs expected to happen didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I guess, the ability where they had to regroup, take a timeout, take an injury, you know, Absolutely, chat to the referee and just just play it, milk it. The talking point um, that's been so much of Super Rugby has been kicking to the 10-metre line, uh, kicking to touch, and then we've seen the rolling more. Brilliant. Does it suit the Chiefs' style? Should that be their default setting? Well, I don't know if it's a default setting you ever need, but it's got to be absolutely got to be a tool that, that you need. Teams need to know that uh, if they... Give away a penalty around that 30-metre line, maybe on the 15, you know, which is kind of, for some kickers, a marginal kicking zone. They'll kick to the corners. So that's you know, good kickers of the game. If they have a penalty around that kind of 25 to 30 metres out, can kick to that 5-metre line, right, uh, to set up a line-out drive. So that's, that's the kind of danger zone where opposition teams can't give away a penalty. That's the first thing about those things. But when you do get into that chance, the opposition need to know that you're, we're a threat. We can line out more you from here. We can throw numbers. Mm. So they have to throw numbers. So as soon as the opposition try and even up, you know, eight on eight or whatever the case may be, then there is opportunities to go wide off the top. So it doesn't have to be a default setting, Watto, but it absolutely has to be something in your back pocket that you can be good at. And saying that, the, I mean, it's a legitimate part of the game. And it's a, I mean, it's a great part of the game. And, the opposition... It's legalised obstruction, isn't it? The, the opposition do have, as we saw in the Crusaders-Hurricanes games, a chance hmm. to, to compete and a chance to nullify the line-out yeah. drive. OK, what did you make of Artie Severe? Did Artie Severe, and I know that we're here to talk about the Chiefs, but you're a lock and therefore you're probably an expert in this area and there's still been a lot of discussion. Did Artie Severe have a right to be annoyed by the refereeing of that game? Did they get that wrong in those final moments? Well, I'm not even going to get into the debate because there's been so much on the line-out driver. So firstly, I'll, I'll say in defence of the Hurricanes, absolutely 100% in my opinion, right decision to go for, for the line-out. They had a 100% first chance of winning that game. If they go for the penalty, they even it up, then you go to a kickoff. right? It's 50-50. So uh, that, I think the Hurricanes got it right. And the second 
thing, which is, in my personal opinion, wrong man to, to throw the ball to for a start, not a line-out expert. And you look at Artie Savier's line-out technique, outside shoulder was forward, ball, chest, everything presenting himself to Scott Barrett and the Crusaders, so a really poor lift, so technically uh, really poor. Um, and even if Artie Savier did win that ball, he was coming down facing the opposition, so they could have wrapped it up anyway, wrapped it up turnover to a more end of game. So you know, I think if they put themselves in that situation, they should have gone to a line-out jumper. The line-out jumper would have got the technique better, would have got the ball from A to B a lot quicker so they could set up the, the, um, the line-out drive and maybe the result may have been different. So I think with greatest respect to Artie Savier, he has to look at his technique on that particular occasion. Okay, so if you're the Chiefs, you're at training this week, what are you saying to your troops? What are you working on? Yeah, good question. Good question. I know we've got um, Coach David Hill coming up, which will throw the same question at too. I think we need to uh, work really hard on numbers to the breakdown, work really hard on staying on your feet at the breakdown uh, and getting past the ball at the breakdown. When you get past the ball at the breakdown, it just frees it up so much easier, Watto, for the halfback where they can play that speed game that was trying to stress um, stress the opposition. So that, that would be my number one area of focus. It is coming up to 19 minutes away from H. You are listening to Chiefs Mana here on SENZ. If you want to phone the programme at any point, 0800 150 You can text us here on double eight double three. Ian Jones, the man affectionately known as Camo, is my co-host in studio. Yes, indeed. Mark Watson in for Ricardo Ball. And uh, don't forget, too, coming up after 8 o'clock tonight, we'll have the SENZ Centre Pass. We are talking netball. Uh, Storm Purvis will be in studio. But we do have Ian Jones alongside of me, uh, former Chiefs captain. How many games did you play for the Chiefs? I played for the Chiefs between 1996, so the first season of Super Rugby, and left them in 1999 when I finished uh, my contract uh, in New Zealand Rugby. And from the top of my head... What I don't know, it was in the, I'm saying high 30s, low 40s in terms of games. Uh, who were some of the players? Of Just remind us some of the, for the nostalgic, for us that love nostalgia, who were some of the players that you played with? Yeah, well, we had a pretty uh, a back line, which included uh, Ian Foster, all-black coach, of course, was at number 10 for a long time, Walter Little, uh, Matthew Cooper, Frank Bunce, Glenn Osborne. Uh, all around there. Eric Rush was part of it. I did a lot of locking with Mark Cooksley or Blair Larson, Steve Gordon. Well, was was my favourite ever All Black part of that setup, or did he come a little bit later? I'm talking about the great David Hill. The great, the great David Hill was probably about, I don't know, I'm going to say five or eight years of age. I'm not sure. Probably coming, oh, pl- those kid coming yeah. over from the Bay of Plenty. Should have played a lot more tests, a lot more opportunities with the All Blacks, David Hill. David Hill, are you with us? Yeah, I sure am. Is this a comedy show or a sports show? It's a sports show, but uh, we like to have a little bit of a smile. Um, David, welcome to the program. Uh, look, we've just been sort of, I-, I guess, dissecting that Blues performance over the weekend. Um, you've had a chance to look back, review it. What are the work-ons this week? What's the message to the team? How do you turn that performance around? Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty brutal review, to be fair. We felt like we let ourselves down um, in lots of areas, and one of the key areas was around the, the breakdown and just the, the physical contest. So that's not, not always easy to take when you're a, a player or, or even a coach. So um, that's been that's been part of it. But there's also been, um, we're over the line three times. Um, we had a chance to, to score 
a few more points, um, and that potentially would have changed the way we played. Especially the, the try just on half time when some Sony knocks it on, and we've had some feedback that that should have been a penalty try. So, you know, when you put all that into the mixer, it's, um, it's there's some positives in there, but it's probably the the physical part and the and the breakdown part that's um, been the main focus for us. Hilly Kamo here. We won't get into uh, the referees, but I always find it quite interesting, and I've been involved in many teams that have a letter or a, a fax or a conversation with the referees on the week before saying, sorry about that, it should have been this, should have been that, but it actually makes very, very little difference. Um, but anyway, we'll move on from that. We saw pretty early on, I guess the speed, the physicality, the numbers to the breakdown, the Blues are throwing at the Chiefs. What was the messages going down from Clayton and you, the coaching box out onto the field. Yeah, it was, yeah, you're, you're right on the money there. The, the refs didn't uh, lose the game for us, that's for sure. Um, they, they targeted our breakdown like uh, um, no other team's done up until this point. Um, sorry, no, potentially Crusaders did a little bit um, a couple of weeks ago, but in, in a different way, they put more numbers into the breakdown that we um, have been used to, and we've been pretty comfortable um, with a lot of sort of high phase counts and keeping the ball in hand in previous games. Um, so it was the messages are really around the ball carrier doing his job and winning, winning some contact, and then our support being a lot stronger. But um, as the game wore on, it just didn't quite pan out the way we wanted to. So um, again, pretty brutal review, but good amount around the the, the contact, especially um, when we've got ball in hand. I guess it's quite a good learning for all the players out there in turn. Maybe the communication also from the coaching box to leaders out there when you're expecting a certain game plan and you train a certain game plan and the, the opposition come with a different picture um, often found it quite hard to readjust on the run would that been would that have come out on the review yeah yeah no it's a, definitely that like it's it's a, always a little bit difficult in the in the heat of the moment or when you're in it to see it on the field and and the messages even when they come down for then to be taken on really quickly. Um, but there's probably a good element of we had them down to 13 men as well. Um, so there's some real learnings around um, between the coaches and the players around game management and playing against a team when they're, they're down to 13. Ironically, when a team's down to 13, they actually defend a lot better than they do normally because they're all on high alert and, and it changes the way they play and it changes the way they defend. So, um, But we've been there before and, and we're just, you know, we're growing everyone's um, sort of understanding around you know, how to play against a team that's down or how against a team that's um, targeting our breakdown. So, again, brutal review, but I feel like we've um, had some answers um, coming out of it. I want to talk about um, those stone unturned and clearly with the, the multiple of cards that we're seeing on a weekly basis in Super Rugby, you kind of need to be really adaptable to win the, the opposition's down to 14, 13. Hell, we might even see 12 at some stage. Mm-hmm. Have, have you got an automatic go-to? In terms of scrum line out set plays, when the opposition are numbers down. Yep, yeah. Again, been discussed in the review, and it's probably like it's easy to train it. Um, you know, when you've got time to to plan it, and you know, in a, in a team meeting, and go out there and walk and talk through it, or or do whatever. But you know, when it when it comes down to it, there's a couple of key moments that we're either are we deciding to kick or we're deciding to run. Um, that again, we're just trying to grow the, the sort of awareness and the of the group, um, and just yeah, just dealing with a few. You can have a few what ifs, Gamma. You know, there's always the plan's always good until you get punched in the nose, and uh, we got punched in the nose. <laughs> and, um, our plan A wasn't going to work, and our and our plan B um, was good in patches, but not good for long enough. 
Uh, uh, David, I, I just want to change things up a little bit. I just want to put the spotlight on one player. One of these players, and we've had a whole history of them throughout New Zealand rugby, that always just seems to sneak underneath the radars, never in any sort of discussion when it comes to the All Blacks. You've got one in your side who's impressed the hell out of me, and that's Alex Nankerville. How good a footballer is he? Oh, yes, yes. So, I mean, anyone who's um, played 50 games for a franchise and done it, and he's only 25 years old, he's he's a very talented footballer. He's had his um, his battles with injuries over the years, um, and some, you know, his body's probably at the point now where I think he's played at most minutes. I don't think he's missed the game. We've played him at 12, 13, wing. Um, he's an integral member of our, our D group and, and the and the input he has about how we defend and, and what we do is is vitally important to us. Um, so he is a very talented footballer, and he's he's just you know five years at Super Rugby level now, 50 games. Um, he's probably actually at the right age around 25. Around he definitely understands his game, what he needs to do to get ready for a game, and he's a he's a good professional, so he can do it um, week in and week out. So um, yeah, lots of lots of good things for Nex at the moment around his games and um, the way he's playing. So, um, yeah, those going well. Your two midfielders, Heli um, Quintupai has been outstanding at 12. Nakaville, when he's had his chance at 13, he's been good. They may play a lot more minutes. Now, what's, I mean, we know the status of Anton Leonard Brown. What are other names in the mixer that uh, Chiefs fans may see in the Chiefs midfield? Yeah, we've got a, um, got a couple of good ones, we think, um, alongside Quinn and uh, and Alex and um, obviously Anton not being available for, for us for the rest of the year is a blow. But we've got Ramakapoor Hippie, who um, we think is um, definitely an unsung unsung hero, probably a young Nankerville from three or four years ago. Um, very talented on both sides of the ball. Big man, 105 kilos, um, has done his time and, and is really finding his feet, has found his feet in, at Super Road, sorry, at, at Bunnings level. Now it's his time to do it at, um, at Super level. Um, so he's one that will um, be involved this week, hopefully. And then we've got a younger fella, Gideon Rampling, who was involved with the New Zealand 20s last year. He played for Waikato in the midfield as well. Um, and he's battling some injuries as well. It seems to be the, the, the what happens when you're a young midfielder growing up and playing rugby. You, you've got your body sort of used and used to all the the, rig, the rigours of training and playing week in and week out. So he's a wee while away, but... Um, He'll get a crack pretty soon as well. So between Ramaka and, and Gideon, we've got a couple of couple of good young fellows ready to roll. Well, we wish those uh, two boys a chance. Now, we'll park that uh, the weekend's game. Hilly, I know it's disappointed to lose at home, even more so to lose to the Chiefs, but you've got a game back at home this coming weekend, Moana Pacifica. Some of the strengths you'll be looking at to try and nullify them heading into Saturday. Yeah, just sitting here watching them play. So they're, um, they're a physical team. They're actually getting better because of just purely the games that they get into play. So they're very much battle-hardened um, and, and uh, going through a few storm weeks, which is testing them. But they seem to be, um, you know, coming, getting better and better with every game. So um, we played them uh, about four or five rounds ago and, you know, it was tight at half-time. I think it was running up by about five or ten um, and managed to, to run away with it in the end by being nice and clinical. Um, but we're in, under no illusions around the threat that they'll pose around the physicality. So probably a nice one to get having just been taught a lesson at the breakdown to um, have a bit of a breakdown and physicality focus for us this week um, so some strike power out wide and um, yeah some good threats with ball in hand so um, there won't be any um, surprises but we'll, we know what's coming 
David Hill, been an absolute privilege and a pleasure to have you on the programme. Thank you. Well, Carmo, that is almost another edition of Chief Smarter. We've technically still got about 20 or 30 seconds remaining. Mate, how's the fitness? Uh, fitness is pretty good. Yeah, what yeah. I was training initially for Ironman, that of course, like all events around this country, got canned. I'm going to do it again December, so I'll just keep ticking over, mate, doing a lot of swimming, biking, running, and then something pretty epic planned we'll, we'll talk to yeah. about in some other. And I'm more than epi- happy at some point to start. Yeah, giving next a February, bit of March, I'm doing that. something fairly epic. Yeah, uh, no, which is I've, pretty exciting. I've heard some things. I've heard some things. No one sort of let the cat out of the bag just yet. Uh, look, uh, thank you to Carmo. Hope you have enjoyed this hour of all things Super Rugby. The Highlanders in the first half an hour, the Chiefs in the second. Coming up next, we've got SENZ Centre Pass. We are talking netball. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.